Welcome to One Cause Church. Here is another inspirational message from Senior Pastor Eric Holler. Can you guys uh, help me out this morning? Can we stand one more time for just a moment? I just want us to just offer up, God, the best praise that we can for just a couple of minutes. Just lift up your voice and clap your hands and shout to God because our God is worthy of our praise. He is glorious. He is good. He's on our side. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you that you saved us. Thank you that you loved us so much that you gave us Jesus. Thank you, Lord, that we have the privilege of coming here today to worship you in freedom, Lord. We thank you, God. So we offer up, we express our praise to you and our thanks to you, God, because this is the day that the Lord has made and we will rejoice and we will be glad in it. And we thank you, Father God, for all of your goodness. Every good gift and every perfect gift comes down from above, comes from the Father of lights with whom there is no variableness nor shadow of turning, which means you are good and you will always be good. You will never change. And we thank you for that. And in, and in you, we trust today. In you, Lord, we glory. In you, Lord, we are satisfied. In you, Lord, we find our strength. In you, Father God, we find our hope. A hope that does not disappoint, but a hope that is a confident expectation that we are persuaded that you are able to do that which you promised. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, guys. Appreciate, appreciate that. We're going to go to the book of Romans chapter 8 this morning. I've, just, I've titled today's message, God is on your side. Come on, turn to some, tell somebody today. Tell them, look them in the eyes and tell them, God is on your side. God is on your side. Anybody believe that today? God is on your side. Now say this, God is on my side. Yeah, he is. So we're going to look through some things here in Romans chapter 8, but um, uh, Heather is, is not here today. She is, uh, we received some very tragic news on Friday morning. Her younger brother um, had passed away, and uh, he's... He and his wife had just moved to Seattle. They had been there a few weeks. He got a job there uh, doing uh, anesthesia. And uh, it just, it was just a shock, just a shock to all of us. And uh, so she's up there. We'll just be praying for her. And her parents are there. And uh, so they just, they just need the wisdom of God and, and, and guidance. We're going to be doing a service for him in Dallas next Sunday. But uh, his wife is, is pregnant and um, they found out a couple days, actually, before he passed away, that they're having a baby boy. And uh, so our, our family um, certainly needs your prayers. And, um, and so many of you have called and texted and shown support and brought food over to my house. <laughs> and I, I want to thank you for that. Because uh, when Heather's gone, you know, it's, I, I feel like Carl and his kids in the video, <laughs> like, okay. Romans chapter 8, verse 25 says, But if we hope for what we do not see, we eagerly wait for it with perseverance. If we hope for what we do not see, we eagerly wait for it with perseverance. As you know, just this past Sunday, um, we, we did a funeral for a young man named Ahmad who was killed in a car accident. And... Uh, 
uh, I knew him on one level, and that was basically through church, and then people told me stories about this young man. And one of the things, and I shared this at his funeral on, on Sunday, one of the things that I was told that his friends said that he would say regularly was, I'm not afraid to die. Now, that's pretty extraordinary for an 18-year-old kid to say that, you know? And, and so when I hear a kid of that age have that kind of assurance, I'm not afraid to die, it makes me ask questions. Well, why? What do you know that you're not afraid to die? And uh, this kid had a, several tattoos, and one of them, the tattoos he had was John 3.16, which says, can we all say it together? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. And, you know, that's the thing that that young man got a hold of. He realized that his life was not just this life. His life was an everlasting life. So, you know, whenever you embrace that, whenever you grab a hold of that truth, that hope of eternal life, then the fear of death has no hold on you, yeah. right? Because then death isn't a finality. It's actually a doorway. It's just a doorway into the everlasting life. And uh, if we hope for that, for what we do not see, we eagerly wait for it with, with perseverance. Um, I was thinking about uh, my, my brother-in-law. I've been thinking about him a lot and, you know, just stories and experiences. His name is Judd. I always call him Judy. And, uh, <clears throat> you know, you got to be a good brother-in-law, a loving brother-in-law. So <laughs> I gave him that name. And um, one of the, when he was coming up in school and, and, and then going to, when he went to college and, and his goal was to become a medical doctor and he did. But um, we used to have all these debates all the time, you know, about, about how the world began and about the existence of God and all those kinds of things. Had, had a lot of fun doing it, you know, and, uh, and I always told them, you know, you can, you can get all this education and I think it's good that you should, but you're not going to be able to educate yourself beyond the truth that God is real yeah. and that he loves you and that he longs to have a relationship with you. And anyway, so... Uh, I, Heather and I had been married about three years, and we moved down to San Marcos, Texas. My brother and I, my my brother and I went into business down there. We bought a music store and recording studio, and so we were trying to run that as well as uh, my dad had just planted a church down in Austin. So we were working on that. And anyway, so Judd calls me one day um, and says, "Hey, uh, uh, I, I, something happened, and I just." I thought you'd be interested in this story. I said, oh, yeah. He said, yeah. He said, I, I, uh, I, I took my ACT, and he said my goal on my ACT was to score a 31. He said, because if you can score a 31, you can basically choose whatever medical school you want to go to. He said, so that's been my desire to get a 31. And he said, and so I, I, I went to take the ACT, and he said, I'm just in a T-shirt and sweatpants. And, and he said, and I, I put my hands in my pockets and my sweatpants, and I felt something, and I pulled it out of my pocket, and it was cash. He said, I hadn't worn those pants in a while, and I was happy to find money. He said, but the interesting thing was, it was $31. And I said, oh, yeah? And he said, so, you know, I kind of took that maybe as a sign. I said, yeah, probably so. And he said, well, I, 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 when I saw that, I actually said a prayer. I said, you did, huh? You prayed to God who doesn't exist. That's awesome. 
And he said, yeah, I, I just said, okay, if this is, if this is you, is this is a sign from you, then I will darken the doorway of a church. If I score 31, I will darken the doorway of a church and I'll go put this in the offering. And I said, you better get ready to go to church, buddy, because that's exactly what's going to happen. He said, well, we'll see. So uh, a couple of weeks go by and, and my phone rings again and it's him. And as soon as I answer the phone, he's laughing. And he says, guess what? I said, what? He said, guess what score I got on my ACT? I said, I already know what score you got. He said, 31. Can you believe that? Can you believe I got a 31? I said, yeah, I can believe it. I said, can you believe? Because God has shown himself. I know, I know, I know. I said, now you got to hold up to your end of the bargain and go to church. And he did. He found a church, uh, went to a service with a friend and put that money in the offering. Well, little did I know I mean, we had been praying for, for him for a long time to come to Christ. And that was a doorway. That, his heart opened up to that possibility of God in his life. And, and so from time to time, as years went by, I would remind him of that. Because if we got into another discussion about creation and all those kinds of things, he would try to act like, he would try to take that stance again, you know, that without the existence of God, and I would just look at him and I'd say, 31. And he would just smile and I said, you can't deny that, man. So then um, some time went by and, and uh, he actually came to live with Heather and I. This is before he was married. He came to live with Heather and I and just had some things going on in his life. He just needed some family support. And so uh, I came and got him on a Saturday down in Dallas and I told him, I said, tomorrow you're going to go to church with me. And he says, all right. So the next day was Father's Day, actually. And you guys, how many of you know Pastor Jim Hester? Uh, my dad's pastor, and he was actually preaching that day, and we were, our, our church was downtown McKinney, and uh, Judd was sitting next to me. I, brought, I, mean, I brought him all the way up to the front row, just made him feel as uncomfortable as possible, you know. I'm just kidding. Anyway, he was sitting there next to me, and, and Pastor Jim was preaching, and he just happened to be preaching on the, the, the prodigal son, the son who went away from home and left his dad and took his dad's inheritance and spent all that, all that inheritance on riotous living as the scripture says and then found himself in a place where he come to the end of himself and he was eating food from a pig's trough just to survive and finally came to himself and said you know what I can at least get meals at home I could just be a servant in my dad's house and live better than this so he made his way back home and as Pastor Jim's telling the story you know he says you know there's some of you here today you just need to come to God you just need to come to God and I mean to our shock Justin just stood up off the front row and just walked up right up to Pastor Jim. We were like, oh, okay, he's ready now. He wasn't even finished preaching. He just got up and just stood right there in front of him. Pastor Jim's like, well, Eric, come up here and help him. Or, you know. But, it, I mean, his heart just leaped. It was awesome to see him just come, come to that saving knowledge of, of Christ and to surrender his life to the Lord. And anyway, so... I just, I'm just here to encourage you today that, you know, maybe you are trying to, you want to see a loved one, you want to see a friend or somebody that you care about come to the Lord, or you're, you're hoping for a situation to change in your life, and you've not seen any evidence of that, and maybe, maybe the situation has even gone uh, graver, it's, it, it's gotten darker, it's gotten more difficult, but I, I'm here to tell you today that if we hope for, that we do not see, that's, what, that's the beauty of hope. Because the hope that God gives us is a hope that does not disappoint. Amen. All right? So you eagerly wait for it with patience or perseverance because God is 
faithful and God is on your side. Let's keep reading. Verse 26, likewise, look at this. So it says, if we hope for that we do not see, then do we eagerly wait for it with perseverance. Likewise, or in the same way, the Spirit helps in our weaknesses. And I don't know what, what that does for you, but that is really good news. That really tells us just how on our side God is. He helps us in our weaknesses. In the same way that you have hope for that which you do not see, that's how the Spirit helps you in your weaknesses. In other words, he has a hope in you. He has a hope for you. See, God is not, doesn't have an expectation of you to fail. He has an expectation of you to prosper. He has an expectation of you to grow and to increase and to come into victory. That's his hope for you. And so he comes upon the scene to help you in your weakness, not to judge you in your weakness, but to bear you up in your weakness. For we do not know what we should pray for as we ought. How many of you can identify with that? Right? Sometimes you just don't know what to pray. And the scripture says you don't. All right. I mean, it's, I love that. I love that the Apostle Paul, who had so much revelation, uh, uh, also admitted to this about our, human, our humanity, and that is we don't know how to pray as we ought. And that's, that's a lot of our weaknesses seen in how we approach prayer. We don't know how to pray as we So we get caught up, because we get caught up in, in, in the emotion of the moment sometimes. And so we pray in a reactionary way rather than by faith. We at times pray in reaction to what's going on around us. And in that way, our, our senses are more dictating our prayers than our faith. It's easy to do. You know, you get yourself, you find yourself in a desperate situation. Uh, you know, you find yourself maybe tempted and maybe even doing it from time to time, trying to coerce God into doing something for you. Rather than resting in him. You know, this is, this is something that's right at the, I'm living in this moment right now because emotions are heightened and, and there's grief and all those kinds of things. But I've had to purposefully make myself rest in God and not be reactionary in prayer and those kinds of things, but to rest in him, understanding that I don't need to try to get him on my side. He already is. He already is. There was a, a lady in Cleveland, Ohio, um, dubbed the cleaning fairy uh, by the local media because she broke into a home and she cleaned it without permission she was arrested after police had found her shoveling snow from a driveway without the owner's consent. So police in, in Illyria, I guess that's how you say that, Illyria, E-L-Y-R-I-A. Yeah, okay, good. All right. it, it's, a, it's 30 miles southwest of, of Cleveland. This, uh, they arrested Susan Warren, 53, of, on an outstanding warrant stemming from a separate incident when she entered a suburban Cleveland home, did some light cleaning, and left a note charging the owner $75. <laughs> and according to the owner of the home, by the name of Sherry Bush, she called Warren at, to question if she had cleaned the wrong home by mistake, and she was told by Warren that, no, there was no mistake. Um, I do this all the time. And she thought that she was doing this lady Bush a favor by breaking into her house and cleaning it and then billing her. But, uh, you know, the homeowners and the police found this, these unsolicited cleanings much more of an intrusion than meeting a need. 
One of the most important things that you need to know and be reminded of is this. You don't pray so God will take your side. Are you hearing me today? You're not here to manipulate him or to coerce him into doing something. You pray with the understanding that he already is. Your prayers are, are not gimmicks to get God to, to look your way and, and, and to do something for you. I, I'm grateful for that. These aren't just, oh, knock on wood. No, God is, God is not in the system of luck and happenstance. He's there. That's your assurance. You have an assurance, a confidence, so you don't have to try to come up with some sales pitch to, to throw the right words together in the right way at the right time, and hopefully it'll land on God. Don't need gimmicks. Makes me think of this goober who uh, was looking for a job. And uh, so finally he answered an ad in the newspaper about uh, being a toothbrush salesman. And uh, so the, uh, he, he went to the place and, and had the interview with the man. The man said, yeah. He said, now listen, uh, we're selling these toothbrushes and, and I want, your goal is to sell 50 a day. All right? And the guy's like, sure. I mean, I need a job. I'll give it a try. So he gives him 50 toothbrushes, and he works eight hours, comes back eight hours later, and hasn't sold one toothbrush. And his boss said, well, what, what in the world's going on? And he said, I don't know. I'm having a real hard time with this. He said, I, I, I just can't seem to get anybody to want to buy a toothbrush. He said, well, you know what you need to come up with? You need to come up with a sales gimmick. He said, a gimmick? What's that? He said, well, you need to, you know, uh, come up with some way that will draw people to where you're selling toothbrushes. Put up a sign or something, you know. Come up with a, a trick. And he said, okay, a gimmick, huh? So the guy goes home and, and comes back the next day, and he's all pumped up and ready to sell 50 toothbrushes. Well, he works 8, 9, 10, 12 o'clock, and he comes back. No toothbrushes. The boss says, where, what happened? He said, I sold all 50 of them. I need more of them. He said, you sold all 50 toothbrushes? Way to go, man. So he gives him another 50. He goes out the next half of the day, sells 50 more toothbrushes, comes back. His boss is, says, nobody has ever done this. You sold a zero yesterday and a hundred today. What did you do? He said, I got myself a gimmick. He said, well, what kind of gimmick? He said, I set up a chips and dip stand. He said, you did? He said, yeah. He said, uh, uh, well, how did you sell toothbrushes like that? He said, well, I'd have people come up and said, free chips and dip. He said, and I had people come by, and he said, they'd take a chip, and they'd dip it in that dip, and they'd taste it, and they'd say, that tastes like crap. And he said, I'd tell them, that's what it is. You want to buy a toothbrush? <laughs> but, <sighs> Your prayers are not sales pitches to God. Huh? If I can just say the right thing, maybe God will hear me. No, it's not about saying all the right words because God knows you better than that. He knows you better than you even know yourself. He isn't looking for the right words as much as he's looking at the heart of the one who is doing the praying. Yeah. Listen to this. Huh? See, this is what's so cool. The Spirit of God, this is what this teaches us. He goes to bat for us. Right? He sees our weak prayers. He sees that we're all emotionally jacked up, or, you know, and we, we're just not able to put our faith into the right words. So he comes alongside us. Look at this in verse 26. But the Spirit himself, I love the way it says that, but the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered, cannot be put into words. It's like he's, he's uh, or this word also means a sigh, like he is, 
He is pulling for us. It's like when you're watching your favorite football team, right? And, 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 and the, the last play comes up, and it's, it's dependent upon a Hail Mary pass from the quarterback and hope to God your receiver catches it in the end zone for the win. So when he hurls that ball, what do you do? You're just like, <gasps> that's kind of how I see the spirit when you're praying. He's, uh, he's pulling for you. Like when you're watching a, your kid, how many of you have kids that have ever done, been in a school play before, right? And, and you've worked on them with their lines, right? You've worked on them with their lines. And so even as they're up there saying the lines, you find yourself, mouthing the lines quietly, you know, because you've got this hope for them and you're, you're, you're hoping that everything works out right for them and you're pulling for them. This is, this is the picture I get with the Spirit. Like, he's, he's making intercession for us and he's able, he's able to help God because the, help God see exactly what you're saying. Watch this. Verse 28. So, uh, or listen to this. I, I got to read it from the Amplified for just a moment. Verse 26. Of Romans 8. So too, the Holy Spirit comes to our aid and bears us up in our weakness. For we do not know what to pray to offer, not, uh, we do not know what prayer to offer, nor how to offer it worthily as we ought, but the Spirit Himself goes to meet our supplication. Don't you love that? Like you throw up that prayer, the Holy Spirit comes, comes to that prayer, right? And He starts discerning, He starts reading. This is so powerful. But it goes to meet our supplication and pleads on our behalf with unspeakable yearnings and groanings too deep for utterance. Verse 27, now he who searches the hearts, who searches the hearts? Huh? Who's searching the hearts? God is searching the hearts. And he knows what the mind of the Spirit is. I love this. He's searching your heart and he knows the mind of the Spirit. Searching your heart and he knows the mind of the Spirit. Of the Spirit, because He makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. In other words, He He comes over to your prayer and He takes that faith that's in the prayer more than the words and He brings it to God. All right, and God who sees the heart, what is He searching for in the heart? Says He who searches the hearts, He's looking for one thing: He's looking for faith. He's looking for faith, and that's what your connection to God is. Not so much words as it is the faith that is in your heart. Because God knows what your real intentions are. Look at, look at Hebrews chapter 4 for a moment. Everybody okay out there? All right. You might not be able to express your faith in all the right words, but God sees your intention. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12. For the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and of the joints and of joints and marrow and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of what? The heart. I thank God that he's, he's not, <laughs> he's not judging me or, or relating to me based on what's going on up here. Because there's some funky stuff that happens up here. But he's looking at what's in here, the thoughts of the heart, the intents of the heart. Hmm? And that's why, that's how we know that God is truly on our side. Because, you know, your thoughts here aren't always lining up with your thoughts here. 
Because there's so much influence in the world. Women, we're, we've, we're, we're hearing information all the time that are invoking thoughts. We have the enemy himself who's, who's, who's lying to us. And so up here, things can get jumbled up, but not here. So God sees right to your source, right to that central believing system called the heart. And this is where he discerns. It's powerful. This is how he relates to you. That's why you can have this confidence in him. That you don't have to have all the right words and all that. It's just a matter of trusting him. Now, you know, we need to, we need to get the right confession in our mouth. Understand what I'm saying. I'm just talking about your faith is what God is really looking for. All right? And the Spirit's there to help you even when your prayers are weak in words. Mm. He's there to bring meaning to those prayers significance to those prayers hallelujah and to interpret those prayers the right way and we know verse 28 i love this and we know and we know and we know that all things work together for good to those who love god who are the called according to his purpose let's keep reading verse 29 for whom he foreknew he also uh, predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be, Jesus, might be the firstborn among many brethren. Don't you love that? He's the firstborn among many brethren. No longer is Jesus the only begotten son of God. Now he's the firstborn among many sons, among many brethren now. Verse 30, moreover, whom he predestined, these he also called. Whom he called, these he also justified. And whom he justified, these he also glorified. So I want you to think about it for a moment. There's a, there's a, there's a day coming when this body will receive, you will receive a new body. Aren't you grateful for that? That this isn't the everlasting body? <laughs> we're, in, we're in trouble if this is the everlasting body. But there's a day coming when our bodies will be glorified, when we receive a body that's made for eternity with no sickness, no pain, no sorrow, none of those things, none of those limitations that we face here in life and, and, and the, the things that we tend to succumb to in the weakness of our flesh. No, it's not going to happen. We're going to have a glorified body. So, in, in, in we've been justified by faith in him, and that that's happens in the spirit realm. We're, we're being sanctified, which means that we're walking this process out by making the right choices, huh? Yeah. by renewing our mind, and then we will be glorified. That's when we receive the new body. So, God has saved us and is saving us and will save us. That's, that's powerful, spirit, soul, and body. But I want you to notice here, it says these, he also glorified, like he's already done it. But, you know, we know right now that's not the case, right? Because we're still sitting in this earthly body, not this glorified body. But this is how thorough the work of Jesus is. That not only were you justified, but you were also glorified. So it's already a finished work. It's already, now we're just walking it out. We're just walking out the finished work. Glory to God. This is why we have hope. We eagerly wait for it with patience, knowing it's already been done. God has already declared it. He declares the end from the beginning. Praise God. Look at verse 31. What then shall we say to these things? What do we say to this? He called us. He justified us. He glorified us. All things work together for good to those who love him. The Spirit of God is interceding for us. He's helping us in our weaknesses. What What's the conclusion to all of this amazing news? If God is for us, who can be against us? If God is for us, it doesn't matter then what comes against you. It doesn't matter. 
Because God has already shown himself strong on our behalf. He's already been there. He's already fought the fight and won the war. Hallelujah. It is finished. So that's why we can be confident. When we think about him, we need to think, wow, you hear the news like this. God is truly on our side. And then verse 32 kind of sums it all up. For he who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all. Say, that includes me. Yeah. How shall he not also with him freely give us all things? Now, in the context of this, this is about the prayers that we're bringing up. This is about the prayers that we're offering up to God. Our weak prayers that the Spirit comes along. Our prayers are are letting our requests be made known to God. And this says, hey, hey, if he gave you Jesus, he's going to give you freely all things. So that you don't feel like you have to get the right formula down to talk to God. That if I go to church four weeks in a row, I'll get a brownie point for Jesus and then, and then I'll be able to cash in on that the right moment. If I read my Bible enough, if I pray enough, right? He already has a disposition for you. Freely give it to you. So then our prayers really should sound more like, thank you. Thank you. And that's the confidence that we have in him. Why do you say thanks before you receive it? Because we know we already have it. We know we already have it. We know that he freely gives it. We know he's on our side. So that we can come to him and just talk to him. And just talk to God. Not trying to get all the right things together, but just talk to him. And believe him. Faith is the issue. Faith is the issue. And when you realize that you're going to decide to trust in God, you're going to find something out. That your words will start representing your faith. I believed, and therefore I have I spoken. We also believe, and therefore speak. We're not trying to talk ourselves into faith. <laughs> we are declaring from faith. Is this okay? So let's do that. Let's do that. Let's do that. Let's give thanks. Go ahead. Just give him thanks right now. Whatever your situation is, thank him that you have what you've asked for. Thank him that the Holy Spirit is able to discern for you. And all you need to be concerned about is believing him, is trusting him. Thank you, Lord. Thank you that it's done. Thank you that we have what we've asked for because we're asking in faith today. We believe you, God. We know you see our hearts. You know you see the real us. So we're trusting you. We thank you, Holy Spirit, that you're making sense of these gibberish, this gibberish that we throw up sometimes. Thank you that you make sense of it because you're reading the heart. And we thank you for that. We believe you today, God. We believe you for breakthrough. We believe you, Father God, for provision. We believe you for healing. We believe you, God, for your power being demonstrated in our lives. We have to have it. We need it. We need God encounters. Hallelujah. And we thank you, God, that, that, that you uh, long to show yourself strong on our behalf, Lord, that you watch over your word to perform it, that you who promised it, you are, you are able to perform that very thing that you promised. And so we, in that we take refuge. In that, Lord, we will, we will rejoice today. Thank you, Father God, and that all these things will work together for good. For good. That is, our prayers will be answered. 
Thank you for that. Thank you for the assurance that we have in you that this isn't a roll of the dice. Our relationship with you is not a roll of the dice. It's not a gamble. It's not a fleeting wish. It's an assurance. We know that we have the petitions that we ask because we ask in faith today. Thank you, Lord. Bless you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. You are so faithful to us. And in that, we will rejoice. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Praise God. God is so good. Thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoyed the message. For more information about One Cause Church, please visit us online at onecausechurch.com. 